I learned very early on that everybody has a story to tell. And there's real value in listening carefully to that story because you learn what is important to that person. You learn something about their interests and their values. And that information can go a long way in building relationships and helping you to solve problems, reach alignment on things, establish the gaps that exist between you and them or them and another or you on a business issue. This is Biotech Innovators, a podcast designed for those who are curious about how biotech businesses become a reality. In each episode, we highlight the stories of innovators who've overcome the challenges of starting and growing a biotech company. Each story uncovers the tactical steps needed for creating a business that helps make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Welcome to the Building Biotech's podcast series sponsored by Thermal Fisher Scientific. I'm Kaylin Chirello-Ebner, the Managing Editor of Special Projects for Biofarm International. The Building Biotech series highlights the incredible and inspirational stories of biotech leaders who are making a lasting impact in the life sciences and healthcare space. Cell and gene therapies may well be some of the most important recent advancements in modern medicine thanks to their potential to cure or treat difficult to treat or incurable diseases in completely new ways. The way they work, modifying gene expression or altering the properties of living cells for therapeutic use, is complex and completely different from any pill that simply addresses symptoms. So who are the pioneers in this field and what dares them to ask, what if? This, this, in fact, is an entirely new class of medicines, different than a small molecule pill, different than antibodies. What we're aiming to do here really is to replace cells that are lost in degenerative diseases, restore the functions that were lost as a result of that cell and tissue degeneration, and really reverse the trajectory of, of the patient's disease. That's Ainsley Little, the Senior Vice President of Corporate Strategy at Blue Rock Therapeutics, talking about her company's groundbreaking cell and gene platform. Blue Rock Therapeutics is working on a way to take fully differentiated adult cells and return them to a pluripotent stem cell state and create authentic replacements for damaged or diseased cells, sometimes even enhancing their specific functions to improve the therapeutic effect. This revolutionary approach speaks to the talents of this highly creative and knowledgeable group of developers. Ainsley, for instance, was one of the early members of the Blue Rock team. I am a scientist at my core. I have a PhD in microbiology and I did a postdoc in gut immunology. After I finished my postdoc, I actually transitioned from, from the lab and into patent law. So I practiced as a, a patent practitioner for about 10 years before I joined Blue Rock. And during that time, the, the bread and butter of my practice was actually pluripotent stem cell technologies. So, so I grew up in the patent field focused on some of the foundational technologies in this field, like the, the generation of induced pluripotent stem cells from adult cells, reprogramming the adult cells back to that pluripotent state where the cell has the capacity to turn into or be directed into any, any type of cell in the body and on technologies for manufacturing those cells. 
So what inspired you to move from lab to law? Well, at the time, I actually had been writing a lot of grants in the postdoc that I was doing with my advisor. And as part of that training, I actually learned that I really liked learning about new technologies and thinking about how they could be applied in various different ways. That was a part of writing grants for a, a pretty large and diverse lab. So it was actually my postdoc advisor who suggested that that IP law might be of interest to me. I like telling stories. I like writing. And in general, I'm a, I'm a pretty curious person. And to, to be a patent practitioner, you really need to be curious to dig down into the weeds to really learn what an invention is about and how it can be applied, because then you can still tell the story of, of what that invention is. What were the early days of Blue Rock Therapeutics like? Sure. So when I joined, I joined Blue Rock in 2017. There were five people at the company when I joined. And the company had just recently been launched by Bayer Leaps, which is a venture arm at Bayer, and Versant Ventures, a VC firm. And at that time, we were launched with the intent to build our company in three different cities, in Toronto, in New York City, and in Boston, Cambridge. And the intent was to set up shop next to our scientific co-founders in Toronto and in Manhattan, and also to be at the heart of biotech innovation in Cambridge. We had to purposely build different functions at Blue Rock in those three locales and and make various decisions on building capabilities in those three different locations along the way. And a challenge for us, I would say, was to balance the need to grow quickly, making best use of local talent pools, making best use of local infrastructure, and all the while maintaining good, efficient, valuable communications and cross-functional. So in, in some ways, we were, we were prepared to work virtually and virtually connected to one another because we started off in, in three cities. So since that time, that was 2017 we started, the company has grown to more than 230 people today. We're still in those same three locations. All three locations have grown, and we've more recently added a lab presence in the Boston area, which is new. And in 2019, Bayer, a foundational partner and launcher of Blue Rock, acquired Blue Rock Therapeutics. And today, Blue Rock is a wholly owned independent subsidiary of Bayer and is run as an independent company at arm's length. Can you talk a little about that? For us, we think this is the sweet spot because we have maintained our ability to operate as an agile, nimble biotech company. But we now have the ability to pull on the resources of a global pharmaceutical company and have the backing and stability of, of our parent company there. So that really, really changed our opportunity in terms of, of what we could do to advance our medicines here at Blue Rock. So let's dig in a little bit and talk more about that work. Can you walk us through this untapped area that Blue Rock is exploring? 
How did you take technologies and build a company out of it? So in launching Blue Rock, what we did was collect several pieces of foundational technology that we believed were primed for application into development of a drug. And the technologies that are foundational to us are one, our pluripotent stem cell platform, our ability to make iPSCs from adult cells. So one of the first things we did at Blue Rock was develop a proprietary process for making those iPSCs. And by developing a proprietary process, what we allowed ourselves to do was have the opportunity to make any type of cell from an iPSC uh, and not be restricted by licensing provisions. The second major piece to our platform in, in building was the ability to edit genes. So if you can imagine, we now have a platform we, where we could hypothetically make any cell type in the body. We wanted to now capitalize on the recent developments in gene editing to be able to edit those cells and edit the genomes of those cells in any manner that might be useful in the making of a drug. We did that by a partnership with Editas Medicine, where we achieved very broad licensing rights for the use of CRISPR engineering tools for editing our cells. So that is the, the, what we call a cell plus gene platform that Blue Rock has built. We then use that as the basis to make adult cell types. Our co-founder, Lorenz Studer, who's at Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York, he is expert in making various different types of neural cells. So we make various types of neural cells at Blue Rocks, and we further, further develop Dr. Studer's protocols and methods to be suitable for scaled-up manufacture and making of neurons at Blue Rock. Our scientific co-founder in Toronto, Dr. Gordon Keller, he's expert at making cardiac cells and various other hematopoietic lineage cells, so blood cells. Um, so again, we took that foundational technology and we further developed it at Blue Rock and made it suitable for manufacturing large, large numbers of cells, suitable for preclinical testing and eventual clinical manufacture. The other piece of the build that was really important to Blue Rock is the, the manufacturing or CMC piece of the puzzle, if you will. We need to be able to grow these cells at a sufficient scale, at sufficient quality for, for use as a clinical product. So that, that took us developing and putting in place all sorts of assays to ensure that the cells are in fact the cells that we intend them to be, that they're of sufficient maturity, quality, integrity, and developing the systems to make those cells under sufficiently clean conditions such that they're appropriate for clinical use. I'm so glad you brought that up. Neglecting the early planning of those very items that you just brought up, collecting adequate DMC data and scalability, often results in having to rework and redo efforts. But it sounds like Blue Rock very carefully and methodically planned out those critical steps. 
Yeah, and this is part of, I think, the, the marrying of academic innovation with, with biotech and really trying to take the best of the discovery work and innovation that's done in academia and then port it over at the right time to, to a biotech who is nimble and can advance at, at a pace to, to manufacture something suitable for early clinical development. And to your last point, can you tell us a little about what Blue Rock currently has in early clinical development? I saw you have at least one in the neurology space in the clinic. We do. We do. Our lead program is in phase one right now, and it is a dopaminergic neuron for the treatment of Parkinson's disease. So, so that product is a cell therapy. The medicine that we deliver to patients in that trial is a cell in a formulation. And that neuron is derived from a pluripotent stem cell in vitro. So we have generated many, 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 many of these specialized neurons from a pluripotent stem cell cell line to start with. And those neurons that we make, they are the neurons that are lost in patients who have Parkinson's disease. So this is a very specific type of neuron whose job, among other things, is to secrete dopamine. And the, the absence of that cell and the absence of the secretion of dopamine is central in the symptoms that you see in Parkinson's patients, in particular, the motor function symptoms. So a standard of care treatment for Parkinson's patients right now is the treatment with a dopamine intermediate as a drug, as a small molecule drug. So our, our goal and what is different about our therapy at Blue Rock is rather than treating the patient with a drug, with a small molecule drug, we will be administering to the patient by surgery these PSC-derived dopaminergic neurons to the site in their brain where the cells are lost or damaged uh, with the hope that those cells will functionally integrate into the patient's brain and restore the function that was lost in the patient as they, as they developed Parkinson's disease. That's amazing. It's truly taking disease treatment well beyond the capabilities of a pill, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. This, in fact, is an entirely new class of medicines, different than a small molecule pill, different than antibodies. What we're aiming to do here really is to replace cells that are lost in degenerative diseases restore the functions that were lost as a result of that cell and tissue degeneration and really reverse the trajectory of, of the patient's disease. So we have programs, various programs in our, our neurology portfolio, including the Parkinson's therapy. We also have programs directed to treatment of lysosomal storage disorders, demyelination diseases. We have a cardiac program where we generate cardiomyocyte cells from pluripotent stem cells in an effort to, to create a therapeutic that would replace the cells lost in patients with heart failure. For example, the, the cells that are damaged when a patient suffers a heart attack. 
So that's the underlying hypothesis, if you will, that we will replace the, the cells that are lost in degenerative diseases. We also have a couple of programs in our pipeline that target diseases that are not degenerative diseases per se, but diseases where we think delivery of a cell or use of a cell as a delivery vehicle for a payload, um, for instance, might be advantageous over other more traditional modalities of therapeutic treatment. You're truly giving patients and families potentially hope where there really isn't any in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. What we're doing at Blue Rock and, and those at companies um, who are working on these types of medicines what we're doing is really, really hard. No one has achieved this before. Nobody has, has generated a, a cell that has the potential for long-term engraftment and treatment or modification of a patient disease before like this. But it is really, really difficult. It's, it's hard to make the cells. It's hard to develop the animal models that you need to, to do your preclinical work. So the underlying motivation, I think, for me and, and my, my colleagues at Blue Rock really is that this is, this is our opportunity to make a real contribution to our, to our community and to patients and families who who are afflicted with these devastating diseases. And right now they currently don't have good or sufficient options for treatment. And what better reason than that to get you out of bed and, and keep you working when it's hard than the opportunity to contribute to, to somebody's health and well-being. Yes, it's absolutely really hard work with lots of ups and downs, I'm sure. But maybe I can talk a little about those ups. Do you remember an instance at Blue Rock where, despite the challenges, the team saw some really promising signs that, and was encouraged to press onward? I, I can remember two inflection points where, where I was at the table when animal proof of concept data were generated, where there were data indicating that the, the cell product we, we had been testing in that animal model of disease was showing an impact on potential efficacy. So that was really exciting. I, I remember the day, the first time we made our own cardiomyocytes in the lab. And, and if you haven't seen them yet, you should, you should Google, but cardiomyocytes beat in a dish. And you can see, see ripples of waves of beating heart cells in a dish. So that was a special moment very early on at Blue Rock when, when our first batch of beating cardiomyocytes was made. Were there any lessons that you learned from your early days that you keep with you in the back of your mind as you're progressing forward in this really exciting space? I would actually say like the... The simplest lesson that I learned, and I learned really early on, but I carry it with me every day, is to listen. I listen really carefully and attentively and with true interest. I learned very early on that everybody has a story to tell. And there's real value in listening carefully to that story because you learn what is important to that person 
you learn something about their interests and their values. And that information can go a long way in building relationships and helping you to solve problems, reach alignment on things, establish the gaps that exist between you and them or, or them and another or you on a business issue. And, and if you can readily establish that gap, it's easier to solve for it, especially if you can also identify the common interest. So I've learned that, I think my dad actually is the one who taught me that early, early on, but various of my mentors have really exemplified that. And it's, it's a lesson that I go to regularly. It sounds like you've had some wonderful mentors in your life who have helped you get to where you are today at Blue Rock, right? I've had, I've had very strong mentors who, who really took an interest in my personal success. And I think I've been very fortunate to have that. I had that in my PhD, my PhD advisor, my postdoc advisor, two partners in particular at law firms who gave me opportunities to do more than, than what was put in front of me and to stretch beyond that. And here at Blue Rock, too, mentors who have given me the opportunity to, to stretch beyond the role that was immediately in front of me, I think, have been very important. And I would say a theme that came through in all of those those mentors for me was they they really struck a balance of of being supportive and direct so they were truth tellers when i needed to be be told the the hard truth or the good truth they were cheerleaders and they were really fantastic leaders in their own right one lesson i learned repeatedly from each of them was to know your audience and get to the point fast. I remember when I first joined a law firm, one of my mentors told me I had to, whoever was reading my work, they were only going to pay attention to the first sentence I write. So you better get your point across right there in the first sentence. And I was kind of appalled by that at the moment. But, but it really sings true. It's the same when you're just leading a meeting or when you're making a presentation, or when you're making a business pitch, getting to the point really fast and doing it in a way that energizes and speaks to your audience, that's something that, that my mentors have, have demonstrated for me in a really effective way over the years. Blue Rock Therapeutics is doing such amazing work. At the end of the day, what are you most proud of what this company is taking on, and where do you hope it will go one day? I mean, here above all, I think we're proud of the team and the community that we've built at Blue Rock. We're now more than 230 people. And what is truly amazing about Blue Rock is that we have more than 230 people who are totally and thoroughly committed to this vision of making cell therapies that can reverse degenerative diseases. This is something that has never been done before. It is enormously hard, yet people are entirely committed to the belief that we can, we can achieve that and advance these medicines to patients. 
and to rolling up their sleeves and working tirelessly to to advance their part of of the project and of the program. So so certainly I think that is what we are we are most proud of and I think we're privileged to have the opportunity to translate these technologies that were built by our 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 co-founding scientists and translate them into drug products that we can manufacture and advance to the clinic to to test them to to see if as we predict they will be effective for treating degenerative diseases like parkinson's disease so so at the end of the day i think we want to be remembered and proud of being a gritty, resilient team of people with high integrity who are working tirelessly to advance this new class of medicines and not losing sight of, of the reason we do that, which is, of course, to, to make an impact on patient lives and the lives of their families. And that very grit and determination to take medicine and healthcare deeper into the world of cell and gene therapy will undoubtedly open doors for patient care in the future. You've been listening to the Building Biotech's podcast series from Biofarm International and sponsored by Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you for joining us on Biotech Innovators. This show is brought to you by Thermo Fisher Scientific, the world leader in serving science. If you enjoyed what you learned in this episode, make sure to follow Biotech Innovators wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. See you next time.